one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. The duplicates in the town of Mirith have been dealt with, and though there are last rites and wishes to deal with, as well as making sure the village is set up to continue defending themselves, it's high time our travelers get back on the road. Bodies are cared for, paths are planned, and goodbyes are said. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory prepare to move on once again. You all stand in the kitchen of the Crimson Inn, now owned by... No one. As opposed to Noah, now it's no one. <laughs> Correct, no one. Standing over the sleeping body of Hadorn, or what used to be Hadorn, now taken over by a Cinemar duplicate. Jory is kind of sitting off to the side. Brex and Radius are in the room, but not doing anything unless asked to. Smallren and Nehemiah are near the body. How do you approach handling this situation? I think we just take care of it. Make it as clean as possible, go right for where it's located and be done. Are you doing it, Nehemiah? I will. You take a clean swing. It is a messy affair, Mm -hmm. but it does the job. Using the scanner, you see that blue start to fade away. All right. Brex, can you please uh, get some firewood? Do a, we got a pyre going out back. Brex goes and takes Radius along to Mm -hmm. get some kindling and some wood going. Wait, wait. There must be somebody that was close to him. Maybe he had some wishes? I don't know. Should we check? You know what? That's a good idea. Why don't you grab Javi, go and talk to the Elder, see if uh, she knows anything. I will. And we could probably check his house, too. Yeah. Smallrin, what are you doing? Smallrin is surprisingly good at cleaning up blood. (laughs) That's That's Hey, 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 Smallrin, not a surprise. (laughs) Not a surprise. She's very proud of how good she is at cleaning up blood because when she was running with the lexicon, they had people to do that for them. That's fair. <laughs> Nehemiah will stick with Small Ren. Like at this point, we want to keep people in pairs, but also kind of like keeping an eye on this now unmanned inn. Because mm-hmm. we did, you know, off the innkeeper this morning. So, you know, that's part of it. Not quite guilt, but just kind of that sense of responsibility. It's like, yeah, this is, I mean, this. Th- this is mine until we got something better to do or something somebody else to help figure it out. And in the meantime, actually come to think of it, I'll try mm-hmm. and pull Aiden in to do a similar search of uh, Noah's quarters to see if they had any specific wishes or whatnot. Sure. 
Sure. Before you do that, actually, I'm working off of the assumption that even though this is a fairly small inn, whatever, they do have some version of like cold food storage, mm. like either a, a root cellar, like a cellar or like a. There's yeah, it's a cellar. It's not necessarily like a fridge kind of thing, but they they have a cellar. Smallrin has Nehemiah help her move both Hadorm's body and then Noah's body down mm-hmm. into the cellar so that they are both somewhere where we can keep an eye on the door and they are together. And then she starts cleaning up the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Start with Jory. You grab Javi and you head out. Are you going to the elder's house first or are you going to Hadorm's house? Um, I'll go to the elder first to ask permission to go in to Hadorm's place. Maybe she has a key. I don't have a key, but uh, as far as I'm aware, you're, you're welcome to make your way in there. Uh, the situation at hand is a complicated one. Uh, I ask that you don't steal anything, like please don't not. loot his place, but uh, if you're just looking for anything that might uh, give you some sort of direction about what might be uh, his last wishes, then yes, you're, you feel free to. Good. Okay, I shall. We will go that way then. You can jimmy the lock pretty quickly, actually. It, it's not a complex one and you kind of make your way in. It is a very, not chaotic, it's not messy, but it's densely packed full of stuff. Like it's very organized, but there's just a lot of stuff, a lot of hanging plants from the rafters, a lot of things on tables, a lot of bottles and containers of things, all labeled and all very clearly taken care of, but just there's so much everywhere. You find a small desk that looks like it has some like notes on stuff, like a little journal on different supplements and different plants, what their uses are, that kind of stuff. Mm. I'm checking any place close to where he might sleep or work a lot to see if there's any personal mementos. There is a pen that he was using. It was like kind of like a, a, a dip pen. It's really clearly well-worn. It has like indents where he was holding it with his hand, like where his fingers would sit. He doesn't seem to be an overly sentimental person. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of decoration or things like that, but the pen is the closest thing you can find to something that would have been a close personal object. Maybe we should put this in his hands. What do you think? Javi says, uh, yeah, that I think that would be good. It, it seems like he used it a lot. I will take it and relock the place. Back at the inn, Aiden goes upstairs and looks around and eventually comes back down. Hey, Nehemiah, I didn't really find like a will or anything like that. I mean, some, like obviously personal effects, mm-hmm. you know, bits and bobs of things, but there was like some letters written back and forth. Uh, Noah seemed to have a sister. She doesn't live here mm. somewhere else. I, I, I don't know the name of the place, um, mm. but it looks like it's it's outside of Yenth, mm. which is kind of like northwest of here. All right. Hmm. Half a week's journey. Gotcha. That would probably be the closest thing to like any sort of person who could like take over this place mm-hmm. if she had a, a wish for that. Uh, otherwise, uh, maybe someone here could take over it. Maybe the elder has an idea. Yeah, I think at this point, leaving it to the elders probably for the best. If there's any personal effects, shins, things like that. Northwest. I mean, you're probably you're heading that way basically to to get up to Kai, right? Like, yeah, that's probably on the way. I mean, if you could find a moment to stop on over there to, you know, get things uh, settled up, I'm okay. sure she'd appreciate it. Let her know the score of what was going on. Yeah, we can pass that along. I think that's fine. Mm. I'll take a couple of the letters I think with us just as as proof that 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 happened, yep. and and go from there. Yep. Okay. And they kind of head back up to mm-hmm. make arrangements for that. As they're heading upstairs, Oban walks in the door. Excellent. 
There you are. Uh, sorry, things took a little longer. I had to, I can explain in a moment, but I had to be a little more careful than I originally thought. Oh man, you have no idea how careful you actually needed to be. I'm sorry. Uh, with that in mind, can you grab a seat for just a sec? Sure. I scan them. Nothing. Cool. <laughs> oh, thank the truth. Okay. Am I back yet? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, to spare the audience hearing exactly what happened again. Yeah, you give the explanation. I, I, yeah, I gave him the download. Yeah, that is a lot. You know, um, kidding. I don't suppose you want to run an in, do you? Uh, not remotely. Okay, cool. Figured I'd check. Honestly, if we didn't have something else going on, I might volunteer to stick around, but I also want to put some miles between us. What happened with you? Speaking of miles between us, we need to get out of here pretty soon. <laughs> cool. I have a feeling that there's someone from the lexicon following us. Oh. I didn't find any sort of uh, tracks or obvious signs. They're too smart for that. But there was a plant, something called a tangled bloom. Mm -hmm. Kind of like thicket, brambly kind of stuff, but it has these flowers that twist around the thorns. And I don't know how, like, I don't know, I'm not a alchemist or anything. My understanding is that the buds um, can be used for various uh, toxic substances. And it was completely stripped of all vegetation and it's not something that like the normal person would just go around like you know picking it's not good for food that is its sole use other than just being a pretty plant smallrin has been listening from the doorway to the kitchen and comes out visibly wiping blood off her hands <sighs> so they've sent a poisoner after us interesting it might not just be a poisoner to be fair but of the people that were left still standing mm -hmm. when we ran. I think there was the architect, Numenera type, a right maybe, and the jackal who is an assassin, a poisoner. Mm. It's likely the two of them, although there is the possibility that this was farmed out to another chapter. That's also a possibility. Unlikely, but you never know. All right. I'm just wondering if we need to go any further out of our way to try and throw them off our track, or if that's even worth doing at this point. I'm okay with either. They'll figure it out regardless mm. in the long run, but if we want to stall them more, we, it's not a bad idea to, we can keep laying false trails as we go and try and confuse them. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is the longer we stall them, the longer it takes us to get where we're going. Right. That's also true. What if we, instead of going right for Gatharin, we head for Dynafell and we literally cut through the city and then move down to Gatharin. Maybe we can try and lose them, you know, swap out a Neen or something like that. Maybe they waste an extra day or two behind us and then like we don't even stay the night in the city. We just move out. I don't know much about Dynafell other than it being a point on the map. Uh, any of you know anything? If you think that your character would have like ever been in that area for any reason, mm -hmm. we can give you some basic information, but if you, if you want to roll to see if you would have something specific that you've heard, that works too. Because I feel like it's close enough to Sturthal that Smallrin might know something about it. I just want to roll to see if she knows something specific. Helpful. Sure. Um, this will be a level three history. Ooh, success with an 18. Okay. I will roll as well just to see if I've heard anything. Mm -hmm. And I do have um, some history training, so. Yeah. Fail with a four. Womp womp. Oh no. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> you did. I thought it was a type of food. You know, that, that's okay. I don't know anything about it though. You've all kind of heard of Dynafell. Again, it, it's a point on the map. It is one of the larger cities 
not a capital by any stretch of the imagination, but compared to this small town, a population of 60,000 is pretty big. Smallrin, you know that it's known for a unique kind of spun cloth that holds the same name as the city. There's a lot of textiles and fabric and fashion and couture that, that comes out of there. It's also home to a place called the Dreaming Reliquary, where Aeon priests keep and research the remnants of prior queens, some prior world ruler had some sort of obsession with dreams. They're devices that work with dreams, can watch dreams, can extract dreams, anything that has to do with that kind of, of technology. And hmm. they, so they continue to research that body of work there. I will relay all of that information. <sighs> It's not a bad idea to go that way. Mm -hmm. It's a big enough place that we might be able to throw them off a little bit. Just for an extra day or two, like yeah. give us some breathing yeah. space. And I don't think it'll put us too far out of our way. Only like maybe another day, two at the most. Yeah, I don't think that would be too bad. It's a little bit farther north, but not by much at all. Yeah. All right. How soon do you think you can get going? A couple hours, tops. All right, sounds good. All right. I'll make sure everything's ready to go. Cool. I'll kind of lay a false trail of us, you know, moving towards Never Lost, I think. Everybody else, uh, the rest of our crew I, uh, that we were going with, they're, they're heading the, basically the exact opposite direction. I want to send them in um, the lexicon in the as wrong a direction as possible. Oban goes to take care of just making sure that everything is 100% ready to go. The Elder touches base with y'all and just kind of talks about preparations for the bodies mm -hmm. and having tried to calm down the rest of the, the population. And sure. Things are tense, but people have started to relax a little bit. Yeah. I tell the Elder, hey, we're going to be taking off here soon. We're heading up towards Never Lost, so we'll be out of your hair. Gotcha and let y'all start healing here. Yes, it'll, it'll take some time to, to grieve and regroup. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if this machine thing in the forest is still doing its job, are you sure you don't want to take the scanner in case uh, you run into others on the road? I know you said that you wanted our community to keep it, but if we understand what this device is now and what these creatures actually intend to do, uh, we have a security system here, if we can work within that. I don't want to send you completely unprotected and unawares. You know, honestly, that might not be a bad idea. But actually, come to think of it, that thing might be able to make more scanners. Like, it can make the TARS, uh, why can't it make another scanner? I'll describe to the Elder, this is how you get to it. Ask if it'll make you another one, and ask it if there's any more in the area. That's how we figured out how many there were. Now, I will let you know, it can do a false positive. It'll look off or weird with it. It might be a false positive. One of our number triggered with a science experiment. Their kid's going to school, and they were bringing their science fair project with them. I don't know what the deal was there. They were very mad when I told them they had to get rid of it, but... <laughs> That's kind of the I, I situation see. that they were in. I understand. Um, in way of saying thank you, we don't really have much to pay you for this, but so sending you along with that is a token of our gratitude, but also I would hate to send you into a situation where you are unsafe. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. So please take, take the scanner and thank you again for your help. Of course. We should have a quick chat with our young friends about not letting it be known which way they're going when they leave here and uh, perhaps in future not mentioning that they met us on the road. Mm -hmm. Okay. You all kind of like gather your things and find it time to pass along information and, and say goodbye to Aiden, Dahira, Cash, Javi, and Radius. 
I wish there was some way we could communicate with each other still over long distances. All I have are these two whistles, but that's not going to do us much good. No, probably not, Javi says, but uh, there's a lot of technology, especially in the bigger cities. Who's to say that we won't be able to talk again at some point? I hope so. It was really nice to meet you all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Javi kind of like looks at you all for a moment and then just gives each and every one of you a big hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like regardless. <laughs> yep. Of anything like big hug to to Jory first, then to Nehemiah, and does not hesitate to give Smallrin a hug. <laughs> <laughs> There's a brief moment where Smallrin had hope she was going in for a group hug that she could duck out of, and then she realizes they're individual and she just lets it happen. Mm-hmm. She even hugs Brex, who kind of just pats her on the back. Adorable image. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, Very good. Dahira, thank you all for for your assistance and and guidance with all of this. Uh, I know this was not necessarily the easiest of circumstances to uh, deal with and, and get to know each other under, but um, I, I'm very grateful for your wealth of experience and and helpful actions throughout throughout the course of, of what happened here. And I, I will keep in mind uh, all the advice and, and wisdom that you've passed along to us in, in the years to come. <laughs> Happy to be able to help. Y'all travel safe, travel easy. Listen to your guide. He knows what he's talking about. Cash thanks everyone, especially for saving his sister. And Aiden thanks everybody and, and, and says goodbye. And then uh, to Nehemiah says, hey, um, I don't know if this will be of any help to you, but she hands a the globe that she had been looking at. Oh. It's like a star map. Oh. I have others, um, but this one is, is pretty detailed. So if you're ever lost or, or need to see something in the sky, uh, got, got yourself a little planetarium there. Awesome. That's Thank amazing. You. Hope it helps. Lastly, Radius comes up and says, Thank you for helping see to the individuals that I am protecting. Unfortunately, they don't necessarily know all the ways of the world yet, and any sort of experience that they can get, I think, will continue to help them along their path. Can I offer to pay you for your assistance and services in this time? I'll be honest, we're not in a position to say no. <laughs> I will kind of give Nehemiah the side eye because we had a money-making machine. We have so much 3D printed money. (laughs) And we may need to pay people off to not talk about us in the future. That's fair. Still. (laughs) I'm just side-eyeing. I'm not going to stop anything. Right. Not stopping, just kind of giving the, oh, come on. Man, it's true, but did you have to say it? They will reach into like a pack. Mm Mm-hmm on their belts and pull out 25 shins to give you. Cool. I know it is not much and not nearly the amount that I would normally pay for such a service, but unfortunately, my funds do not come into effect until I finish my task. Fair enough. We will be staying here for tonight and leaving tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Before we continue any further, uh, everyone take one XP Woo! for uh, helping that, that situation out. And I believe uh, I didn't, mentioned it earlier, but Nehemiah, you also took an advancement. I did. That's right. Yes. Yes. I technically already had the advancement just because like of how stuff time works. But yeah, I bumped up into, I am in uh, tier three and I gained a plus one to my intelligence edge. Sweet. Which means I am burning way less from my pool every time I try to mitigate my dice chi. Yeah. You all head out onto the road. You have four Anine, one for each of you, including Brex. Who does Oban ride with? <laughs> yeah, probably Nehemiah. Yeah. Okay. Not me. Yeah, I'm, so, too, I'm too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Indian are big enough that it can hold two people. Like more than that, it's probably a little uncomfortable, but it's not like they can't handle it. So yeah, you all pack up and head out. It is early evening at this point. You had that town meeting at noon and then took care of everything. You might've had an early dinner before heading out and then gotten on the road. It would probably be about a week to Dynafell. About seven days. Yeah. The first couple of days you have on the road are careful, but uneventful. You are traveling quickly, but carefully. You are being conscious of how much of a trail you're leaving, uh, about what kind of impact you're making anytime you make camp, and being very cautious about who you talk to on the road, if you see anyone or any kind of interactions that you might have. I think that Smallren is building up her poison stash, being careful not to leave traces like the jackal seems to have left because he's dumb, but... Also, like keeping an eye out as they travel and especially when they make camp, spending time before sleep, just kind of scouting around, seeing what poisonous plants she can find and some non-poisonous, some medicinal, just to bulk up her kit if she's going up against another poisoner at some point. Sure. You find something called sirin, which is a plant that kind of would in current time remind us of like holly. The berries are really good for hiding the taste in something if you are trying to administer something by mouth. And you also find shadow rose, which is something that would induce a almost like flu-like symptoms in someone like very intensely, very quickly. So chills, headache, nausea, feverish, style things would, would definitely make someone very sick very, very fast. Jory or Nehemiah, how do you spend your time? Two things. I've kind of decided um, to help myself calm down from everything that just happened because it was very kind of hard on me. And I think the reason for that is because I've had so much experience with people not having a say with doing horrible things or kind of having their, their free will taken away in slavery that seeing the same thing happen to people was very difficult for me. Absolutely. I have decided to try to see a slim bright side that I'm going to start creating gelato flavours that match the experiences that we've just had. Um, So I'm going to kind of create a hidden flavour inside some other kind of flavour, you know, and, and see how that works. I won't get to test it now because I don't have have things to use, but I'm just jotting down in a little notebook. Um, And the other thing I'm doing is uh, trying as hard as I can not to blush uh, when Oban is near me for some reason. (laughs) You're spending some time like writing these down. uh, And we do still have BitBit. So Mm BitBit is recording all of the uh, recipes that you are coming up with uh, over time. So it's, I feel like this is kind of like a Ben and Jerry scenario where it has like like a core of flavor <laughs> right. you know, like in the center. So you're finding that flavor combination. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah, so Bit Bit is kind of right there along with you, like writing, recording things down and making sure that everything works. And at, at one point um, in the evening, as you all have made camp uh, near the fire, Oban kind of walks by and goes, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You should make that sometime. I'd try it. Ooh, I'm going to call this one Cinnamon Cinema Duplicate. Hmm. <sighs> what about just Cinnamon Duplicate? That's true. Oh, good. Then it doesn't have to be too many words. Nehemiah keeping as tight a vigil as possible like the goal was to try and keep a low profile and we just completely beefed that as hard as we could so yeah nehemiah 
occasionally will like break from the group to like do a wider search around just to make sure nobody is uh is tracking us or whatnot but very quickly will like get, it doesn't go too far because you know being alone makes you a perfect target for crap so it is it is playing a very delicate balancing act of keeping an eye out and moving forward you notice as you kind of spend your time just keeping extra vigilant that Brex has also kind of been on edge, not in a dangerous or overbearing way, but also kind of on high alert, mm-hmm. a little more protective than normal, just really trying to stay as aware as possible. Even at nighttime when Brex doesn't sleep, but they'll often kind of just like sit down and power down in a sense, like just not be as alert or as conscious, but they aren't doing that every night, regardless of who else might be on watch. They are an extra, I was going to say set of eyes and ears, but they don't technically have either. Um, So just an extra set of senses Mm -hmm. to make sure that nothing catches you unawares. Gotcha. Cool. You all wake up on the morning of like the third day. You're starting to break camp, making sure that you get rid of all traces of where your fire was. You are making sure that any of the spaces that you kind of cleared out are not as noticeable. You're very cautious about what you're leaving behind. When all of a sudden you all see Brex lift their head up and you do hear something in the distance. Kind of hard to tell what it was. Maybe it was an animal, maybe it was another person, uh, but a a noise of some sort. And faster than you've ever seen it happen, their visor goes immediately black and they bolt for that sound. What just happened? I don't know, but let's go. Nehemiah will grab whatever Anine is closest and immediately saddle up. Same. Yeah. You grab your Anines and Oban will climb up and go along with you and you all take off where Brex is going. Yeah. Brex cannot outrun an Anine, but... Uh, is but they are trying pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, going pretty fast. So you do catch up with them within a couple of moments, and you see a group of people of beings of some sort not far off over the next hill, and that is what Brex is making a line for. Mm-hmm. As we get close, I will try and like ride up along Brex. Like, what are you doing? There's no response. They are more than. 100% focused, if that's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my Ogrim Orb to basically like zoom in as far as I possibly mm. can and try to see mm-hmm. before we get there what it is Brex is heading for. Go ahead and roll that perception. It's going to be level five. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and spend for a point of effort. And I am trained. Success with a 15. You zoom in and it's kind of hard to make out because this group is also kind of like just kicking up a ton of dust as it's moving around, but they're also moving very quickly towards you. And you see a large group of Marger heading towards you. Oh. And you've run into these before, a very long time ago. These are, this is an abhuman. They have goat aspects to them, whether it's hooves or horns or some sort of like head or the legs, some kind of combination uh, and varying degrees of that uh, combination. They are incredibly violent creatures. They kill anything they find, sometimes each other, out of rage, sport, whatever it might be. They are really violent. With that success though, and with your your Ogrim Orb, you notice something a little bit different about them. 
Smallrin, you notice that there is a strange glow to them. Like some of them look like their skin might have a sheen or some sort of metallic nature to it. Some of them have strange metal additions to their body in ways that shouldn't be possible, like three arms or a head that floats above the body or strange twisted legs that shouldn't be possible to walk on. Smallrin does her best just to shout the the basic salient details of what she's seen, mostly that they are Mm -hmm. Margar and we're heading straight for them. So we're heading for a fight. Yeah. Cool. Nehemiah pulls out the sword spear and goes into full, like, charging joust mode. Like tilt mode? Absolutely. Same with my stuff. And my spear. (laughs) You all keep pace with Brex, who is, again, just not even wavering Mm -hmm. at this point, has not slowed down, has not changed anything about their course of action. As you get a little bit closer over the beat of the hooves, Mm -hmm. Oban kind of gets a better look at what you're approaching and and yells at you. I don't think those are normal, Marger. Think you're right on that. I've seen stuff like this before, though not on them. I think they've been hit by the iron wind. Hmm. The iron wind is, depending on who you talk to, it is a storm that changes people, changes anything it comes in contact with. A lot of people see it as different things. Some Mm -hmm. people say it's magic, a curse, whatever it might be. What it truly is, is a massive storm of nanites that have lost their mind, Mm -hmm. essentially, and have now, like a storm, like a giant cloud on the wind, just go wherever the wind takes them. And when they come into contact with something, it twists them and changes them, often killing that thing in the process. But if the thing does survive after coming in contact with it, it comes out very changed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes for the better, sometimes very much for the worse. So with this new bit of information, you continue charging in. I'm gonna have everybody roll initiative. That's a 10 for Jewelry. Five for Smallrin. 14 for Nehemiah. So Oban will end up going first, followed by Brex, then the Martyr, uh, and then everybody else. As you get close enough, Oban slides off the side of the Anines, like holding onto the saddle and like getting ready to like hit feet on the ground. And as you get close enough, kind of like rolls and tumbles and immediately engages with the Marger and straight up chaos as Anine are now kind of like going everywhere and um, everyone starts to engage. Mm-hmm. With as ruthless and violent as you know Marger to be, you're hoping that the Iron Wind hasn't made them even more so and that this might be something that is not as big of a setback as it could be. And we'll call it there. <laughs> oh boy. Oh man. This can't possibly end badly. (sighs) How many of them did you say that there were, Zan? There's six. Oh my god. It's fine. I mean, mean, I'm glad we have buddies, but... Yeah. Yeah, This is gonna hurt. Thank you so much for listening to episode 111 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on X and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On that website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Tyler, Joel, and Ice Tier Brewing for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, 
please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. As always, you can find our hosts on X, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zane Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.